Hey everybody, welcome to the Work Therapy Podcast, where the struggle is real, but the possibilities are endless. I'm Brooke, your host and founder here at In Good Company. If you're tired of feeling alone in the struggle, we're here to help. Work Therapy is an in-depth and spirited exploration of the modern work landscape. From navigating difficult conversations with colleagues to mastering the art of work-life integration, we're here to bring you wisdom that's both insightful and actionable. All right, Rocky, welcome to Work Therapy Within Good Company. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited to connect and looking forward to our conversation. And just to introduce you, Rocky, and everybody um, listening, Rocky is a speaker, guide, and author. Uh, he is an, also an expert in, in people and specifically clarity of self, self-confidence and daily habits. And yeah, Rocky, I know that you uh, have a lot to contribute and add to the conversation of work and how we navigate it um, in today's modern, hectic, crazy world. Uh, what else would you say about yourself that I didn't say in those few sentences? Well, I've been it'll be, I'll be married for 15 years in July. Uh, to my wife, Sarah. We have two kids. I have an eight-year-old boy and a five-year-old girl. And so most things that I communicate or talk about now come from the lens of fully understand what it's like. My wife owns her own business as well. She's an interior designer and, and an architect. And so she's got a few people on her team. And we've been in entrepreneurs slash business owners for the last decade or so. Up until, uh, really up until like a year ago, we also not only always had the same business, but when we had our own businesses, we shared an office and we're together every day, seven days a week for the first 14 years of our marriage. Uh, wow. So like we like when I say when I say when I talk about who you are, when I talk about life, when I talk about work and choosing what you want, that's not that's not me pontificating from like as a guy who is an executive who has nine people doing doing life for me. Mm -hmm. That's like, hey, yeah. we have been in the weeds for a long time. And um, I say that because for a long time, I felt like I could be the husband and father that I wanted, but in order to do that, it was going to come at the cost of my business. And that was because I had only ever seen people choose their business at the cost of being a husband and a father. And it really, for me, hasn't been until like the last, I would honestly say the last year of realizing that one doesn't have to be at the cost of the other but one will always be more important because you will prioritize how you spend your time based on one of those things. And it doesn't mean it's good or bad. I'm not saying that one is better or one is worse. And I think every individual has the capacity to choose which order they want to put those in, but they can be equitable without being equal because life doesn't always allow them to be equal. Yeah. And I think for a long time, I was exponentially more afraid of success than I was failure because I knew I wasn't going to fail my wife and my kids, mm. but I was failing my business. But that wasn't fair to the business either. And so I think this realizing, so all that to say, that's why if there's anything that hasn't been shared, like mm. I always make sure like I, I've been married to my wife and I love her and I'm a father. And those two things for me are, are more weighty than being a businessman. And, and not but. Yeah. And. I love having a good business. So those two things, those all the three of those things all fall together with me. And I think they're really, really important because the work that I do and with with individuals or with teams and speaking and coaching and is 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 based on that. Is I really do believe yeah. that every individual has the capacity to work towards building a life that you really want. And you can do that without sacrificing who you are. I did not say it's easy. 
And I did not say that it's perfect, but it is possible. Yeah, no, I am so aligned with that. I actually started a LinkedIn post on my walk today uh, and haven't finished it, but I, you know, I was like reflecting and I was, you know, in Phoenix, like having a prickly pear margarita with my clients and some shrimp tacos yesterday. And then at Shipley's at 8 a.m. this morning with my kids, getting them their Valentine's Day donuts, you know, and I was thinking about it. And I, when I'm on a work trip, I, I, people may be like, you're a horrible mom. I don't think about my children that much. Like I used to really struggle. Like it is hard. Every time mm -hmm. I like leave and pack, mm -hmm. I get sad. And For sure. what I had to make a commitment about was when I'm with my client, I need to be a hundred percent with them. Right. Not that if my husband calls or they can't find their shirt for school, like, of course I'm available, but I really, sure. I, I don't believe in work-life balance. I think it's, mm -hmm. I don't even know what that means. How, what is, yeah. Um, and <laughs> it, doesn't exist. it doesn't. And so I think there, there is a life where we, you can be integrated. My family can thrive and there are the trade-offs, right? Um, mm -hmm. There are some trade-offs. Like I don't kiss my kids goodnight and I, and they feel loved and they have everything that they need. And mm. yeah. So thank you for bringing yeah. that up. I think it's such an important conversation and I know we'll, it'll kind of take us into our topic for today, but I, I do think it is something people think about, I think day in and day out, like how do I navigate this and do both well or a hundred percent or, you know, yeah. what does the ant look like for me? Well, and I think you make a really good point to say like, yes, there was a point in your life where you did feel guilty yep. for leaving. And, you know, if we, I'm, I'm going to steal these definitions from Brene Brown because she's smarter than me, but she, she like, she, when she talks about guilt and shame, like guilt says I did something bad and shame says I am inherently bad. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's significant one that like you feel, we, we, I would say, I'm going to say we, cause I am exactly like you. We used to feel guilty for leaving because it's like, I'm letting everybody down, right? But I think that what changes our ability to no longer feel guilty is not going, screw our family. It's for me at least was going, why do I keep walking? Why do I keep going to work? And then the thing I think to myself is that I'm doing something bad, that I did something wrong. Like, because my kids are okay. My wife is okay. Like, why, why did I have a narrative that says me choosing to go to work and be fully engaged there means I did something wrong because guilt is a result of me believing I am guilty of doing something wrong. And when I was able to go, wait a second, this is a function of a part of our life that we are collectively choosing together and everyone is on board with it yeah. because it is what we do. Yeah. I am not doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not doing something wrong, then guilt is no longer the emotion I will have because I'm not guilty yeah. of anything. Yeah. But it's active. I wish I could say like, October, it was October 17th, 2022. And I remember the moment I was like, I will no longer be guilty. And it left. Like it's, it's a constant, it's a constant choice, but, it, but yeah. now there's, there's a language to it. I think for a lot of us, that's what we miss is it's not that we don't have the ability to have clarity of mind. We have, we, we lack the ability to have clarity of words and we become illiterate to, we, we're, we're illiterate to being able to communicate the thing that we feel, but we don't know how to say it. And when we can't say it, we can't hear it. And if you can't hear it, we can't get past it. We get, we get stuck. We're freaking to get hijacked on the guilt and the guilt and the guilt. Well, what do you mean? I don't know. I just know that this is wrong. Is it wrong? No. Tell me why it's not wrong. I can't. Yikes. We're going to get caught and it's wrong. Mm -hmm. But what did I do that was wrong? What was bad? What am I guilty of? Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, Rocky, you're not guilty of anything. Hmm. So what do I feel then? Yeah. I think I'm more afraid of becoming something than I am of allowing myself to be who I am. 
why am I afraid of becoming a terrible husband and a father? That's not who I am. Yeah. I write down every morning, the first affirmation I write down is I'm a loving and intentional husband and father. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say, it doesn't say I'm a perfect, loving, intentional husband and father who never makes mistakes and everybody gets what they want. That's, I don't write that down because that's not true. It's a statement of who I am. So if I am a loving and intentional husband and father, why am I afraid of becoming something I'm not? And so I reactively live to keep the bad out as opposed to proactively choosing to go after the good. Yeah. And it's just human nature, you know, Mm. that is, which I, I think I am like, we wouldn't have to work so hard if we were all bent on trusting ourselves and trusting our, you know what I'm saying? Like it wouldn't be this, it's a practice and it's a daily practice. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that'll lead us in, but I, I I can't let us get away without a check-in question because I think they're fun. Um, it's, it's the week after the Super Bowl. What was your favorite? You know, it was the most televised event they said ever, Mm. which is crazy. Uh, So, yeah, like, did you, one, did you watch it? And then, two, what was your favorite moment? I'm really asking this as a check-in question because I want to talk about it. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Okay, great, 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 great. Okay, so I'm going to ask you the same question when we're done. Okay, perfect. So, um, yes, I did watch it. I am historically not a sports watcher or definitely not a, like, ooh, it's the Super Bowl, can't wait to to see who wins. However, um, we, our friends of ours had a party, so guess what? Yeah. Your boy is going to a party. So uh, I was watching it because we were at a party and I did watch the game. I would say my favorite moment of the Super Bowl. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I think I just, I think it just has to be that there was like a, however long it was, it felt like it was two minutes, but it was probably nine. I mean, there was just like a nine minute Usher concert. Yeah. And if we're going to be honest, like every song that was played, I realized those were the good old days when my knees worked better and I was in fact dropping it in the club. So yes. uh, I was doing less, I was doing <laughs> yeah. less dropping at the Super Bowl yeah. because I wanted to play pickleball and I didn't want to injure my right knee. However, it did bring back a lot of wonderful memories about the times that my knees did function in a way that allowed me to do those things. I know that was so fun. I love it. We, it was a bunch of, there were, you know, a bunch of moms and we're, they were like, are you ready to embarrass the kids? Cause all the moms were just like, you know, oh, yeah. my boy oh, was yeah. like, mom, stop my nine year old. Yeah. Um, okay. My favorite moment. Well, I, I grew up in Kansas city, so I'm like a true, I'm not like a Swifty. I'm not a Swifty period. She's great, but I've just never been like a, you know, mm-hmm. I've never followed Taylor Swift. You know, you can't ignore her these days. She's kind of everywhere, but I, yeah. So I've been a TCU my whole life. And so I, I like had a lot, like I was like really passionate about this game, not just cause it's Super Bowl, but I love the chiefs and I, yeah, I mean, obviously my favorite moment was when they, they won at the very end in overtime. We went to a party the first half, the second half, my nine-year-old and I like watch every football game together. We're both like love football. It's really fun. And we're like in my bed and he's like watching and I'm like under the covers. Cause I'm so, I was so nervous. I was like, great. You're so much braver than I am. I'm a wimp. Like I just, when things, I got so stressed out. So anyways, it's, it's so fun to like, it just reminded me how fun it is to like care about something and win. Like I really mm. like to win. And mm. I was watching on the plane and this is how much of a geek I am coming back from my trip yesterday. I'm like watching everybody's like post like press conference. Like I was, you know, watching a, a bunch of those videos and 
I think Travis Kelsey like said electric and I he's like the feeling's electric and I was like that is like that is the energy I'm like channeling in my life right now like Mm. that electric Mm. winning energy like that's what I want to bring to the table that momentum and so yeah the Super Bowl was fun and great but I think just in me reflecting on it, like why I've loved it and why I was like wanting to kind of watch the videos about it after is like, wow, it's just that feeling of like winning and creating this like electric feeling that's like very inspiring to me. And I think that's why I love sports. Okay. So kind of going what we've already been talking about, I I really do want to hone in on you know, a lot of the feedback and questions we have are centered around people really struggling with building a life that they love and that they want and feeling like the work is the obstacle and causing like a lot of stress. Like the reason I I decided to start this, I mean, I'm in organizations every day and I mean, the whole reason I do what I do is I'm like, and we're at work all the time. Like we, why don't we, let's make this a place where people are actually liberated and we create cultures of transformation, like, and build healthy relationships. Um, and so what have you found just in that space and working with people and, and creatives and really helping them navigate the stress of work and, and being able to, if they're in that place of like, I don't like where my life is, I feel stuck really creating and building that life um, without sacrificing Mm -hmm. who they are. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Even though this is going to sound overtly simple and someone's going to roll their eyes and they're listening to this, (laughs) I think we have to go back first and go to like, do you feel like you can clearly define what it is that you actually want? And I use the word actually on purpose. Do you know what it is you actually want. Because I think very similar to you, I often find there's folks who go, I just, I work too much. I, I'm, I'm always distracted. I have so much stress. I, and, and, I, and, and some of that is like, life is hard. So yeah. like, buckle up, life's hard. It is what it is. However, more often than not, I see individuals who don't have a definition for what they want. And so they feel in a perpetual cycle of chasing something they cannot see because they haven't defined what it is that they're actually pursuing, not that somebody has too big of dreams. Rarely have I met anyone who has a clear vision of what they want and they said, I'm so tired because my vision's too big. I I mean, I'm sure that person's out there, but I haven't really met that person. Like Mm -hmm. a person who has clarity about where they're going, Mm -hmm. rarely have I met them and they're like, and so all this is terrible because my dreams are, I'm just too big of a dreamer. But really often I find, I feel so overwhelmed by everything that's going on. And I'm like, and I say, where are you going? And they say, I have no idea. And to me, that's where we have to start to go, okay, hold on. Can we d- identify? And I'm not looking for the 10 year picture perfectly written out in a board that allows us to have 19 things and a 13 week goal plan. And I'm not, don't, don't, don't overwhelm ourselves, well overwhelms ourselves with the process yeah. we don't know about. Yeah. But I think start by just like I tell clients all the time, like get out a piece of paper, even though it sounds really elementary, and say, I want, and just start making a list. Think of everything you want. Yeah. And, and and people are like, well, like, like, like what kind of shoes do I want? Like what kind of car do I want? I'm like, I mean, maybe like if that's where your brain goes, sure, write that down. But I'm saying like in life, what do you want? Who do you want to become? What do you actually want to do? How do you want to spend your time? What do you want? Do you know what you want? And at least for me, and maybe it's just the people I attract, most of the time the answer is a pretty, if, if, if we're willing to be honest, is a pretty resounding no. No, I don't know what I want. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing every day? 
I think I'm doing whatever it is I need to do to keep all the bad stuff out. Yeah. What, yeah, what bad stuff? All the things I'm afraid are going to go away. I just want to keep all the bad stuff away. I don't want the goods. I don't want the good to go away. So I'm going to keep the bad out. Well, how much energy do you expend pursuing the good? None. I don't know what the good is. I just know I don't want any more bad. Yeah. They're focused on what they don't want. Yeah. And that's correct. Yeah. So I've shared on the podcast for the work that I, my teacher, the work that I've been trained in, we have a simple principle that I take everybody through even executive CEO level. I start with self-leadership and it's identifying their, what we call inherited legacies. Like what have you grown up believing that these limiting beliefs or assumptions that aren't supporting you? And then like building a legacy of like, which is in the, every moment, like we're creating a legacy. So we identify that. And the next thing we identify is like, it's called the power of knowing what you want. So we draw a circle mm-hmm. and in that circle, we write everything we want. And then outside of the circle, we write everything we don't want. And what my teacher did so great, te- like teaching me and what you're really sharing as well. It, it's, it's the same thing. It's like the, the energy that when we put energy into actually focusing on what we want, the power and the momentum that we're going to get there versus just like you said, that reactive energy, like the quality of our decisions are drastic based on if we're making decisions that are outside of that circle or inside of that circle. Yep. And I think there's a really good, like a really tactical, practical way. Like if, if, if those of you that are listening, like get pause here in a second, get out a piece of paper and just answer this question. Like, what do you think about most as a human being? What do you think about most? Where do you spend the majority of your brain power? Yeah, I love and like that. write everything down that you would say. Like, so if you start there and then I would say, then follow that up and then answer this question. What three things in life do you fear losing most? And then, and write that down. And then when you, after, after you write that down, unpause and come back. Okay, you're back. Good. So from there, I can almost guarantee you because you're a human, not because I'm, I'm a guru. What you wrote down in number one is almost 100% guaranteed is directly related to what you wrote down in number two. Because mm-hmm. most of us are natural, we're human. We are reactive creatures who go, what am I going to think about most? Making sure all the things I fear losing don't go away. Okay, well, what do you really want to do? I don't know because I haven't thought about it. Why not? Because I have been protecting mm-hmm. all the bad. Yeah. Right? So like, and I think that's, you, you and I are, are also, we also do that at times and every, every human being does. That's why the theory works. Otherwise I couldn't just, I couldn't say it if it wasn't true. It's true because we're human beings. However, to me, that is this very, to use the, the words I would use, like it's a very reactive way of living. Like we wake up and the, if is the first thing you do, even though this is a little, it's a little, it's a little dramatic. If is the first thing you do every morning react, if you grab your phone first thing in the morning, it's reacting. You can't be proactive with your phone at, at, at 6 a.m. No. because you immediately unlock it and you look for red dots and red dots are reactions. Red says react. Every notification on your phone is red. Why? Because they are smarter than we are. Yeah. And they say, look true. at this because you need to react to this. Yeah. And now. So if we're cho- na- right now. So if you're choosing to react, if you grab that phone, I'm me too. If I get my phone and I open it up and I'm like, what is that? And I look at it and I, oh my gosh, 17 emails overnight. Now you all know all that's junk and it was just somebody trying to sell you something so you see in the morning. So you don't have 17 real emails. But if you did, mm-hmm. like, but it causes this reaction in us to like, we, like we kind of lose our breath. Yeah. To recover from an initial reaction over the course of the day is exponentially harder than choosing the first five minutes of proactivity. I mean, I could, I promise. Oh, so, absolutely. But that, that to me, that systematically, that framework applies anywhere. 
if you get to the office and the first thing you do is check on all the things that are yet to be done, as opposed to say, what are the things I absolutely know I'm going to do, your day is going to be dramatically different. Mm -hmm. And I think that like in anywhere in our life that we can go, wait a second, do I actually know what I want to be? There was a study, I just listened to this podcast, uh, Harvard did a study about thoughts, positive thinking, negative thinking. And so they took, they took a bunch of people, then they said, okay, uh, half the people, we're going to help you take away, you're going to think less negative thoughts, and the rest of you, you're just going to think more positive thoughts. And which of those has the greatest impact? And it was by and large, like, like not even close, the people who actively got rid of negative thoughts were exponentially happier than those that just tried to add and compile more positive on top of things without removing the negative. And I think I go back to what you just said about the your, circle. your, your the circle, right? Like we, we call that the imposter within, like the framework of going stories told to you about you, stories you tell yourself, where those collide create an impact. Typically, it's a fear, doubt, lie, obstacle, or insecurity. That story came from somebody else. It's not yours. Yeah. What's the true story? Rocky's been told his whole life, you're too intense. Calm down. Why are you yelling? It's just a podcast. Don't, <laughs> don't be so freaked out. Get it? Like I've been told that my whole life. Yeah. But when Rocky reacts to the story told to me about me, mm -hmm. Rocky goes, wait a second, calm down. Don't be too much. Don't be electric. Yeah. Don't electric you somewhere. <laughs> it's going to be bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so if I can go, wait a second, typically the stories told to us about us are a greater representation of the storyteller than they are the main character of the story. The people who told me I was too intense were only people who were not intense and they had tried to be intense in their life and they got shut down and they loved me and they were trying to protect me Yeah. and they didn't want me to experience what they experienced. And so they said, Rocky, be careful. Now they didn't say that. I, oh man, I wish they would have said that, but they didn't say that. They said, you're too intense and stop it. Mm-hmm. Well, what if the truth is I am intense and it is good? Yeah. Like what if, what if it's actually a statement of truth? Yeah. How many things do we believe that were told to us about us through words or actions that are causing detriment to our ability to build a life that we want that are in fact statements of truth that are good, but we have turned them into insecurities and insufficiencies because the storyteller gave us a version of their story that was never ours to begin with. Yeah. I mean, it's all day, every day. We're trying to navigate. Where is this coming from? Unless you're doing that mindful work, you're not even aware of all these like hidden assumptions you have. Right. I mean, it, it, That's right. it takes time. And what I encourage people all the time, I'm like, Hey, we make things, we make it feel so hard. Like, I love what you said, like, Hey, we don't have to like get out the whole goal thing and like go all in, into the detail. Right. And we can, you can do really simple things and just the, the simple mindful practice of you saying like, is this a story that somebody said about me because they, who knows where it was coming from for the, from them? Or is this, what is the truth? Even that little pause and second of doing that can make a dramatic shift in your life. Mm -hmm. And I, I always yep. try to bring that back for people because I think people think, oh, it's going to be so much work. And it is work, but it just takes a moment. It's already a lot of work. Yeah, that's true. Being, being, like That's being a good defensive, call out. I'm glad you called that like out. Being, like being defensive and living reactionary and always protecting yourself and thinking everyone's out to get you and being fearful because you're going to screw it up. Like, and, and, and the list, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about myself as much as I am anybody else. Like the list goes on, like it's already a lot of work. You're already expending a lot of effort and energy. Yeah. Like we, I think, and, and I'm going to make a, it's, it's a very, it's a very blatant statement that is much more robust, but 
we all have an option. If you're listening to this, you have the option. You have the option to take your past and the things that you've experienced that were your pain. And you can either use those as a mechanism to protect yourself or you can use it as a mechanism to propel yourself. Mm-hmm. You, ha- you have that choice. And if you, if, you are, if you got far enough down the road that you are, have your headphones and you have an iPhone and you're on Spotify and you're listening to the podcast or you're watching it wherever it is, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. you have the opportunity and the option to make a decision. I'm going to let the things I've experienced in my life, the pain, the trauma, the hardship, it's either going to be used as a means to protect me from everyone so that you can't get me or you're going to use it as a mechanism to propel you because it's actually going to be the thing you remind yourself that is probably the greatest gift in the world that you have to bring to the rest of us if you allow yourself to do the work you're already putting in the effort yeah. but to transfer that effort yeah. to a place that says what would happen if I started talking about this more as a brick into the foundation that I'm building, as opposed to a badge that I'm carrying in hopes that you'll recognize me. I love, I, I'm just like still resonating and thinking about like, yeah, it's already hard, you know, mm-hmm. like life is already hard and it isn't always that, but there's no getting out of being human. Like somebody that's on top of the world. I mean, let's just go back to Travis Kelsey. Um, yeah. Mountaintop, something could happen to him tomorrow and be devastating. Like, yep. just because there's there's no layer protecting, like he may have better days than other people that are trying to figure out how to make a dime to pay for dinner, of course. But something tra- something really hard could happen to him and he's, he's not immune to that. You know, like we're all human and That's right. vulnerable. And, you know, I tell people, I, I tell people a lot in the workplace, I say like, anxiety is not a bad thing. I think sometimes in the workplace, like, oh, if I feel anxiety, something's wrong or bad. Kind of like we were talking about earlier. Like if I feel like I'm going on a trip, I need to feel guilty, but there's two types of anxiety. And one anxiety is the understanding and realization that I'm a human. I'm well, I'm an adult human, which means I'm responsible and I'm vulnerable. And like you said, whether you're going to use something to propel you forward or not, doesn't change the fact that you're a human and that you're responsible and you're vulnerable. I'm encouraged reminding myself of that today and anybody listening that, okay, guys, we're all in this together. This is a level setting conversation and the greatest gift we've been given is choice and to be able to shift. And, you know, what I heard you say to Rocky, which I, I preach all the time as well and live out is, I mean, I, I look at my circle every morning. I have a practice and I have an, like, you know, a journal on my iPad and I write in every month a theme and then I write in that circle what I want and I go back to it all the time. I could tell you probably verbatim like the last three months what was in the circle. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, it's simple. Like it does take practice, but I, it, it's possible for anybody. This isn't rocket science. It doesn't take 10 hours right. a day. Um, you don't have to have a certain IQ or, um, you can have a piece of paper and a pen, um, and just the willingness to like make a small choice, um, that's different than maybe what you are naturally inclined to make. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, for myself, I call that, I I call that daily is daily. Okay. I love it. Daily is daily is daily. And it's sometimes daily is daily, no matter the time of day. Yeah. Like right, right now I'm on this kick. So I, I, January of 2023. 
I was like, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to take a break from alcohol. I'm not going to drink. And then that's turned into like, I haven't, haven't had alcohol since January of 2023. And for me, it's just like, I just, I don't know, I just feel better. I like it. So for 24, I was like, I'm going to do 10,000 steps a day every day for 2024, no matter what, like I'm going to do 10,000 steps every single day. But I had this realization, like, this is literally like 72 hours old. Okay. Of now that I've done it for how many ever 45 days ish, the amount of physical or health goals that I have tried to accomplish mm-hmm. over the last 40 years of my life and failed are countless. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take this pill. I'm going to do this vitamin. I'm going to do this official. I'm going to do this. I need more of this. Give me my AG1s. I got so many packages of AG1 greens upstairs. I haven't drank it. Oh, I, I drink mine every day. I'm, gonna do, I'm a good, I'm a good like, drinker. <laughs> like I need, I need whatever, I need, I need some, I need some, I, need, I haven't hit the daily as daily on my AG1. Okay. Like there's so many of these things. And I had this literally like two days ago, three days ago, I thought, wait a second. When I broke down every major health goal I think I wanted to have. And I got it for me. It's not, this is not a secret sauce. Everyone will have something different. But I took that down all the way to going, there is a non-negotiable daily thing I'm going to do that I am fully in control of no matter what. I'm just going to do that. I'm going to stop tracking my fitness pal. I'm going to stop tracking my macros. I'm going to stop thinking about how many ounces of water I had or how many grams of protein I had. I'm just going to do this. Every day, I'm going to do this. It is amazing. Yeah how much more protein I eat, how much more thoughtful I am about water, how many more times I have drinking my AG1, how many, and not because those things don't matter, they matter, but I didn't have a mechanism to make them matter because there wasn't something daily that as a human I had committed mm-hmm. to myself I was going to do yeah. that was a non-negotiable, that was going to be proactive no matter what, I'm going to mm-hmm. do it. And I think pick any category of your life. That's just the easiest one for me because I'm literally living and experiencing it right now. But like. Being mad at your partner all the time is hard. Well, you know what? It's also hard to have a great relationship. So choose your heart. Yeah. And it's, and it's really hard to stay physically healthy. Pick however you define health. You know what's also hard? When you're not healthy and life is hard. So like we can go down that list and there's been a billion Instagram reels. You don't need me to do it for you. You can just go search and choose your heart on Instagram. However, there is something to that that is when there is something daily. I love you reading your, your circle every day. But to me, I hear outside of, the, of what it is you're actually doing, you are proactively choosing to know who you are, to believe that you are worthy, and to have a daily habit that reminds you of that consistently. And that, I believe, is step one, two, and three to actually building a life we really want without sacrificing who we are because you're reminding yourself of who you are on a regular basis. Yeah, and attract what we want to, which could be a whole nother episode. It's a whole other episode. Yeah, I'll have to have you back on. Well, okay, we like to, closing question, uh, we have a playlist on Spotify. What songs like kind of keeping you going right now? Mm. Oh, you. this is going to be weird. Oh, I can't gonna, wait. We're about to I get can't weird. wait. What is it? Okay. And I don't know why. And, and my <laughs> wife recently, I told some friends, this is what I've been listening to, like on repeat. And they all judged me very hard. So... Oh, this is this is. Oh, I can't public. wait. I'm probably going to say the name wrong as well, but the the famous composer, Chopin. Okay. Chopin. Chopin. Okay. Frederick Chopin. C H O P I N. I don't know how you're supposed to say it. I'm sure. I guess I should, but it's a very famous composer. Okay. Uh, there is a song, um, that he did, and the song is called uh, it's Nocturne, Number Twenty, in C sharp minor. 
Okay. It's the number one song. If you if you if you search him, it's a it's a very weird. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't even. I'm not even like a symphony orchestra kind of thing. It's just for some reason I found it and I started listening to it. And then like literally like the last two weeks, if I'm if I'm working, if I'm lifting weights, if I'm running, if I'm if I have headphones in, for some reason this is the only song slash songs on this little playlist right here that I'm listening to, and I don't know why. But it's it's it's, There's something it's allowing it. me to just something to it is like just letting me just be be me, and uh, so I know it's a weird one. It's a it's, it's a weird that you asked the question, but it's where I'm at okay. right now. So it's going to be a great addition. Add some diversity to the podcast or to That's the right. playlist. I mean, people are going to be like, "Hey, this is a banger!" <laughs> All of a sudden, someone, some somebody, somebody added the wrong song. We're going to be third eye blind to uh, Frederick Chopin or however you say his yeah, name. Yeah, now you know it. That now is you know hilarious, it. amazing. Well, thanks for coming on, Rocky. Really looking forward to um, connecting more, maybe having you on again. And yeah, listeners, thank you for. Uh, joining us and we will put in the show notes how to connect with Rocky and just verbally Rocky if you just want to share a good way for our listeners and viewers to connect with you yeah yeah easiest way is you can just go to rockygarza.com it's r-o-c-k-y-g-a-r-z-a and on every platform that's out there for the most part it's just Rocky Garza there's not a lot of bald guys with big eyebrows so just find me okay Um, but at Rocky Garza on Instagram and every place else is the best way brilliant okay all right well have a good day everybody Thanks everyone for joining today's work therapy session. Always know that you're in good company with us. Go to the show notes and fill out the survey because we love to address your questions or workplace situations on our podcast. Follow us on all social at In Good Company. If you found this podcast helpful, don't keep it to yourself. Sharing it with your friends helps them get the therapy they need. Until next week, I'm Brooke and you've been listening to Work Therapy with In Good Company.